Ooh, thank you, Jesus. And there was really some good stuff going on there during our worship time when you all were praying for one another and uh, just receiving from heaven. So good to be in God's presence. So good to be in the season where we're we're reminded, and even even people who don't know Jesus are are kind of maybe a little bit more aware of what's what's going on spiritually. There's just there's just a little bit of something more going on, and uh, you know sometimes all we need is man. If there's a little crack in the door, maybe I can whisper through the crack. Maybe I can maybe I can get the truth of Jesus through 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 to somebody that maybe wasn't listening before. Maybe they're maybe they're a little bit open, uh, and so. Remember to share the joy, to repeat the sounding joy. As the song Joy to the World, you know, it says repeat the sounding joy. Uh, that means you gotta repeat it. <laughs> you get to repeat it. You know, repeat the sounding joy. In other words, let it keep going. You know, let, let it go on and on and on and on and on. Uh, and so remember that this season to, to look for those opportunities that the Lord may open up for you to just love on people, to, to pour into their lives, to be a listening ear, to be someone who loves them. And, uh, boy, we'll get this together up here sometime. Just, just, let's share the joy. Uh, it's kind of the word that was given to our worship team, you know. Let's, let's share what we've got. You gotta, you gotta share. It's the same principle that, that Pastor Don was saying during the offering. It's like when, you're like, man, I need some joy in my life. Okay, we'll share some. <laughs> give some away. I need love in my life. Okay, well, give some love away. Because then what you're doing is you're shaken. It's it's being you're being shaken up so you can hold more, so you can get filled up more with His love. Of course, then it's to, you give it away again. <laughs> it never stops. It never stops. Uh, because he's, he always has enough. It's like the, in the Old Testament, there's a story of a woman who had a bunch of jars. And the prophet came to her and said, bring all the jars you can, and we're going to keep pouring oil in them until you are out of jars. And so as long as she had jars, the oil flowed. When she had used all the jars in the town, basically, all the jars that she could get off of somebody, then the oil stopped. And so we don't ever want to run out of jars. We just want to say, God, I want more. I, I want exactly all that you have. I'm just going to keep placing myself in front of you and letting you pour the oil of joy into my life, letting you pour strength into my life, letting you pour healing into my life, letting you pour hope into my life, and I'm going to be. I'm just going to be an empty jar that keeps getting filled. Not the message, but it's, it's good. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So... I want you to get out your gear shift, okay? Uh, well, I guess for those of you that are under 25, they used to have cars that weren't automatic, okay? <laughs> we're gonna, sh we're gonna shift gears a little bit. So we're gonna shift a little bit here. And I want you to open your Bible to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, and we're gonna start in verse 13. And we, I started a little mini-series a few weeks ago. I only got through one week. Well, I did one on Wednesday as well, for those who were here on Wednesday. Uh, but this is the second time on Sunday. And talking about the warnings of Jesus. 
And uh, so if you're, if you're here for a Christmas message, come back next week. <laughs> so today we're going to continue on in the warnings of Jesus. Uh, and it's interesting that this, you know, this was a message I was going to preach a couple of weeks ago and the Holy Spirit moved and we just ended up going a different direction. Uh, and I actually preached another message. So I guess this is the third message about the warnings of Jesus and talked about uh, what the the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees was and to avoid it in our lives. So Jesus has all kinds of warnings. You know, if Jesus says to watch out for something, we may want to pay attention. We may want to listen and say, if Jesus says, hey, watch out, hey, beware of this, then it's something that that is important for us to pay attention to. And so we've just been looking at a few of these. So I guess this is technically number four uh, that we've looked at. And so Luke 12 and verse 13 it says this, someone in the crowd said to him, that's Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to defi- divide the inheritance with me. In other words, I want my money. I want my money. And Jesus replied, man, <laughs> who, I love that he said that. It, that's straight from the Greek. <laughs> in Greek, it means man. It means, man, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out. So now I'm paying attention. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. You know, one of the things that Jesus said to watch out for is greed. You know, one of the things that you do when you preach through a series of messages is you talk about things that you maybe wouldn't normally think of to talk about. You know, this is, I don't think I've ever preached on this subject in how many ever years I've been preaching? Uh, 12 years as a senior pastor here. Never, I don't think I've ever preached on the subject of greed. And so I came to this and I was fascinated because Jesus has all these warnings about it. You know, and in a society that focuses on obtaining as much as you can, we should probably be aware of Jesus' words that we don't get sucked in with the flow of our culture. I mean, we live in Midland, Texas, right? You remember? What, what is Midland, Texas about? Man, getting as much money from the oil as we can get, Right? I mean, and there is a lot of money right now. Somebody has it. I don't know who has it. Look around, see who it is. But, you know, it's, you know, we, we, there's all kinds of stuff going on, but the point is, does it have a place in my heart that it shouldn't have? 
Because if you look, if you think about what Pastor Don was talking about earlier and talking about the blessing of Abraham, it's not that you have a lot of possessions. It's just, are you trusting in what you have? Abraham was blessed. It says when Abraham, you know, followed God, and in fact, he actually disobeyed God. He went down to Egypt. He disobeyed God. He lied. And because God was in covenant with him, God honored his covenant, not on the basis of Abraham's obedience, but on the basis of God's faithfulness and God's word and what God had said and God had done. Abraham came out of there, and it says he had he had like the the wealth, the abundance hanging over him. Can't remember what the Hebrew word is, but uh, it's very. It's like it's like the. It was almost similar to glory, but it was like hovering over him, and it was like the the abundance of what he had was so great that it was all around him. And so God doesn't have a problem with abundance. So we have to we have to set that. You know, God doesn't have a problem with with being rich, even. I mean, he. God is the richest person I know. He's rich in mercy. He's rich in, he's rich in love. But he's also rich in resources. He can provide anything he wants at any time. But Jesus did say, watch out for greed. So what is, what is greed? I mean, we know generally what greed is. The word here in Greek is the word, so I'm going to do a little teaching here, pleonexia. Pleonexia means this covetousness, greed, or unjust gain. And basically, it has the idea of this. It, it has the idea of to be full of something. Because the, the word for fullness in Greek, I believe, is, is very similar to this. It's from the same root, plerau. And so, greed is a distorted form of fullness, Greed is a distorted form form of the fullness that God has for our lives. Greed is our pursuit, just like covetousness is pursuit that's been warped. Because we are created to be pursuers. We are created to go after God. We are created to be seekers of the Lord himself. But when it gets twisted... We become pursuers of other things. Possessions and wealth can be one of them in our lives. For, for some, that's their, that's their thing. You know, for me, that's, that's never been the thing. But it may be for you. I've had other things. When the devil comes to tempt me, he's not going to use money. In general. I can handle money, I can, See it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't have, you know, I don't have to have it, but for some people, they're, they're, they're caught with it, you know, they, 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 they take things, they've even stolen things, they don't want to, but they just, they just find, they just do it, because it has a place in their heart where they're, they're pursuing something, and they, they must gain it, because they feel like they're not getting what they deserve, or what they need, or whatever it may be. And so greed in its essence is security in another source. You know, right now in our country, we are, we are, we are in such a self-righteous time in our nation. I mean, politically, I mean, oh my goodness, there's so much division and we've got the people standing up on every side of the aisle and 
almost in their own righteousness declaring uh this is this is right and you're wrong and in fact not only are you wrong you're you're a horrible person <laughs> i'm not saying everybody is like that i'm not saying there's not people who are making a stand because i believe there are i believe there's godly people i believe there's people who are speaking truth i believe god is raising up voices even in our government even in our government uh and he's he's doing all kinds of stuff uh and he will use our our leaders to accomplish his purposes but right now i mean by and large, uh, and just go on social media and you can see how self-righteous we all are because we are depending on our own righteousness, our own understanding to be successful and to, to navigate life. And this is just one way where we find security in another source other than Jesus. Because that's really what it's about. I feel safe when I have enough. If I could just have a little bit more, if I could just have a little bit more, then it, then everything would be okay. I mean, isn't that kind of like the the marketing scheme in the United States of America? I mean, you know, I don't want, I'm not harping on Black Friday or anything. I'm not trying to start a thing like if you went shopping, then you know you're full of greed and covetousness. And uh, but some are. Maybe it is in your heart. We have to watch out and say, does this thing have a place in my heart that it doesn't belong? So I want us to turn to Luke 16 and another account of Jesus talking about this issue. Luke 16 and verse, or yes, verse 9. This is right after Jesus has told another parable about a guy who's, who's actually kind of dishonest and shrewd and kind of worked the system, kind of like a, maybe an oil field salesman who's not doing the things the right way okay you can do it the right way but there's some that are not doing it the right way we know that i know that from talking to enough of you verse 9 jesus says i tell you use worldly wealth to gain friends friends for yourselves so that when it is gone you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much and whoever is dishonest with very little will be also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one, the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And G- Jesus kind of lays it out. You know, Jesus actually talks about money a lot. He really does. He really has a lot to say about it. And uh, sometimes I feel like we as a church, we don't, we don't pay attention to what Jesus says. We pick and choose, right? We, we go, here's the parts I like, and then here's the part, oh, it doesn't really apply to me. That's just, you know, that's, those, that's for the other people. <laughs> that's for those other people, the ones that sit in the middle. I sit on the side, okay? <laughs> those people, and that's why I don't sit in the middle, because I'm not, no, okay. 
I'm not like those people. And, but, but we have to know that there, there's, a, there's another master. There are other masters that are vying for our affection. There's other masters that are trying to say, come follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Now the word, the word money here, that's translated money or wealth, or if you go to like the old New King James or the King James, it's translated kind of directly from, from the Greek. Mammon. The word there is mammones. And it's kind of like a, a, the context of it when Jesus says it both here and in the book of Matthew. It's Matthew 6.24. He says pretty much the exact same thing where he says you cannot serve both God and mammon. So what, what is, what is mammon? You know, it's, 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 it's defined in, in the books, you know, as, as wealth or, you know, accruing of things, but it also has the idea of a spirit being behind it, like a, like a, like a spiritual force, uh, being behind it, that it's almost like a, I don't want to go so far as to say there is a specific demon named mammon, okay? I'm not, I'm not trying to, prove that or say that but there there is a part of the enemy's kingdom that is ruled by this attitude and spirit and when you're when you are ruled by the spirit of mammon it doesn't matter whether you have a lot or a little your focus is on that you don't have enough because it's it's not it's not based on how much you have it's based on a condition of your heart it's based on who is influencing your affections and your desires. When mammon is influencing your affections and desires, you are always looking at what you don't have rather than what you do have. Again, because it's it's a distortion of fullness and abundance because if you are resting in Jesus and you are receiving from his abundance, you are not without. If you're a child of God, you are not without. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have, you've already been given the greatest gift that you can, you can be given, which is the gift of forgiveness and adoption into the family of God. That is enough. That, that is enough. Now, our culture says that's not enough. You're not enough. You have to have this or do this or even be this to be enough. So, in other words, you have to either perform, you have to obtain, or you have to pretend uh, in order for us to recognize you as being someone of worth and value. And so it's been distorted, whereas in the kingdom of God, the value is based on our standing with Jesus and what he says about us, what he's done, what he's obtained, what he has given, rather than what we have done and obtained and what we are using and pretending to be. Everybody still here with me? <laughs> Where's that Christmas message, Pastor John? So I said, come back next week. <laughs> you don't want to miss it. <laughs> so in essence, when I am allowing greed or the spirit of mammon or the influence of, of this 
twisted desire of covetousness and gain, I am in pursuit of another God. I have a different, you know, if I've seen this um, meme on Facebook, I think, or one of those social media things. Um, If God is not at the center of your life, then something or someone else is. There is somebody on the throne of everybody's heart. It doesn't matter who you are. You have you have something that drives you. You have something that that gets you up in the morning. You have something. It can be it can be accomplishing something in your in your life. It can be doing a great job. It can be your work. It can be it can be raising your kids. It can all be about your kids. And everything is consumed. In essence, your the God on your throne. It can be your children or your job or some for some people maybe literally this pursuing just more just. Success. And I have to say, Jesus is allowing us to check our hearts and say, hey, let's have a heart check here. Let's go in for a checkup and say, who's the master? Because you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and anything else. Fill in the blank. It can be mammon. It can be, it can be success. It can be just having as many relationships as possible, just the friendships. It's like, what, what is in charge of my heart? Who, who sits on the throne of my heart? For some people, it's the relationship they're in, their, their spouse or their girlfriend or, uh, whoever they're in love with, that that person is on the throne of their heart. And here is the thing. You cannot serve two masters. You can only serve one master. The music is telling us that right now. <laughs> That's all right, brother. No big deal. Uh, you cannot serve two masters. I want us to skip to uh, a scripture that's later on uh, that kind of emphasizes this. In the New Testament, Colossians 3 and verse 5. Can we put that one up? I think it's the last one. It says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, s- sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is what? Idolatry. What is idolatry? It's worshiping another God other than the one true God. Now, most of us, we would never set up a statue in our house and bow down and worship it, right? I mean, I've had my kids when we read in the Old Testament, you know, the, the big problem was literally like they would build an idol, like they would make something out of their hands. They would chisel it out, and then they'd set it up on a pedestal and put stuff around it, maybe some nice candles or whatever, and then they'd go... This is my God. I'm going to worship it. It seems really stupid, doesn't it? It's like, you just made that, dude. You just, you just did that. You created that thing, and now you're going to say, this is the God I'm going to worship. And we would go, no, nah, I don't, I don't have a problem with idolatry. <laughs> I, I don't worship, I don't worship statues. And here it says in this scripture, it says, hey, that greed, is the same as idolatry. I think it ties into this whole thing. In other words, you've got another master in your life that is driving you to pursue and obtain something that would make you feel fulfilled, satisfied. It's like, when is enough enough? Well, when you have greed, enough is never enough. There's never enough. There will never be enough. There will always be more. And 
I mean, that's why commercials work, right? It's because you need something new, right? There's a, there's a desire in us for having something new and for, for like, oh man, somebody else has that. That looks really cool. Um, I get drawn into that too. Absolutely. We're, it's just part of our culture and we just have to know, hey, is, is this thing ascending to the throne of my heart or is it in its proper place? Because when everything's in its proper place, money is not evil. You know, in the Bible, it's one of the most misquoted verses, and it says, you know, uh, money is the root of all evil. Some people have actually quoted it that way. No, it says, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It's the love of money. In other words, when I have my affections set on something where it's above Jesus, because money in itself is just it's just a piece of paper, and it's valued because... Somebody else thinks it's valuable. If I go to some place where they don't even use money, some remote island, and I pull out $100 bills, if I had them, um, they'd go, it wouldn't mean anything to them. Because it's only because we have all decided, hey, this is valuable. And isn't it interesting that we do the same thing where I, I do all this amazing stuff and I can say, oh man, I worked really hard. I did all this. I have obtained, I'm, I'm kind of like fashioning my own little God here. Like I made this and now I'm going to worship it and say, oh yeah. And like, well, no, you know, you did that. <laughs> you just did that on your own. And you're going to, you know, that's why it's idolatry. You know, at the, uh, as Jesus goes on here, um, if you go to Matthew 6, is that is that in this part? Matthew chapter 6. Oh, it's in, it's in Luke 12. Before where we were in Luke 12 before, um, Jesus begins to talk about, you know, don't worry about all these things. He does the same thing in Matthew 6. Verse 24, and Jesus says the same thing he said in Luke. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. And then he says, hey, don't worry about all this stuff. Don't worry about what you'll eat or drink, about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Uh, they don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And what about clothes? Why are you worrying about clothes? And he goes on and talks about the flowers. So do not worry. In verse 31, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the unbelievers, those who don't know God, run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. See, the antidote for greed is seeking first the kingdom of God. Because when you're seeking first the kingdom of God, then you have the right king on the throne of your heart. You know, when I have the right king as a throne on my heart, then he can take care of what I need. He can take care of sometimes even what I want because he's a good father. 
Just like us, we want to give our kids things that they want. But we also definitely want to give our kids things that they need. If I only bought my kids toys and never got them clothes, well, they look pretty ratty. I mean, well, you know, Gigi and Bapa just buy it for them, right? <laughs> Jehovah Gigi. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's, that's, it's ridiculous. No, no one would, everybody would be slapping you around and saying, what is wrong with you? I'm like, man, I just want to get them the stuff they want. No, I'm going to give them the stuff they need first. And sometimes I get them the stuff I want just because I love them. God's the same way. He will give you some of the things you want. But here's when he's not, here's where he's not going to give you the things you want. If he sees that the things he's given you take your affections away from him as the king of kings and the lord of lords, then he can't give it to you because it's not good. And that's why some people always live in lack. Because God can't trust your heart not to change your affection to those things instead of him so he can't give them to you. Because what did Jesus say? If you're trustworthy with little, you'll be trustworthy with much. If you say to yourself, man, if I just had more, I'd do better with this. That's not true. Quit fooling yourself. Change now. When you're trustworthy with little, guess what? You will be trustworthy with much. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so if your heart, again, Jesus comes back over and over again, it's about the heart. It's not what's going on on the outside. It's what's going on on the inside. What's going on on the inside does affect the outside. But if only the outside is affected and the inside is not affected, then that's not what it's about to be in the kingdom of God and be a child of God. He would rather have the inside changed and the outside is kind of a work in progress than the outside looking perfect and the inside be a total mess. Seek first the kingdom of God. Greed also cripples us to be generous and hinders us from releasing the kingdom. In Matthew 13, verse 22 and 23, Jesus is telling the parable of the sower. And and he says this about the, the third seed. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So there's two things that make us unfruitful there. Worry, which usually is tied into, you know, it can be tied into I don't have what I need or am I going to get what I need or what's going to go on. It can also be about people and what's going on in their lives. I understand that. But and the deceitfulness of wealth, it says it chokes it, making it unfruitful. So this is something in our life where Jesus says, hey, watch out for this. This is going to hinder you from being spiritually fruitful in your life. But it says the good seed, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. And this is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. When your life is good soil, you'll see a multiplication of the things of God in your life. And you won't be able to explain it always. I'm not just talking about you'll suddenly have a lot of money. Well, you might. But you might not. God just may, you know, what if God couldn't trust you with more and 
he's like, look, I've given you all, all I can trust you with right now. Then my prayer is say, God, make me trustworthy so that I can have whatever you want to give me. Because when I'm living in the abundance of the kingdom, then I'm living in generosity. I'm living with my heart not attached to things and stuff and having more. Then I'm living like like Jesus where it says, for God so loved the world that he gave. God is is a giver. He is a giver. He is one that is just giving away. He's giving of himself. Uh, Dan this morning was talking to the worship team about the cost of Christmas. What did it cost Jesus just to come to earth? Before he even died, just the cost that it cost Jesus to just come to earth, to be born as a human, what the cost. He's a giver. He was giving every step of the way. He was giving, 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 and giving because that's the kingdom. And Jesus doesn't want our heart to be in bondage to another master. So today, this is just a heart checkup for you. You know, when you go to the doctor, nobody likes to go to the doctor. Does anybody like to go to the doctor? Raise your hand. What's wrong with you? <laughs> nobody likes to go to the dentist, right? Nobody says, oh, I'm excited about going to the dentist. He's going to check my teeth out. He's going to do some stuff. And so today was a little appointment with Jesus. Dr. Jesus said, hey, guess what? We're doing a heart check right now. It happened to fall in a season where... We got all kinds of stuff flowing around, all kinds of money flowing around. And maybe he wants us to say, hey, I want to check and make sure that I don't have another master who's ascending to the throne other than Jesus Christ. So let's stand. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, that we can receive correction from you if necessary. And we know that you love us. We know that you love us so much that you are willing to discipline and correct us. Lord, if there's anything in our hearts, we just ask you to right now to speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak to every single one of us. If there's any place in our heart where greed has taken hold, where the spirit of mammon has influenced us, it's begun to, to warp our perspective on things. It's begun to warp our perspective on other people. It's begun to warp our perspective of, of you. Whatever it may be, God, we invite you right now to give us a little correction, God. If we need some Holy Spirit medicine, God, if we we need some repentance right now, God. We invite you to, to show that to us. Show us where we have trusted in something else other than you, where we have put our security in something else other than Jesus Christ alone. Lord, because we know that the other masters, they aren't good and they aren't God, truly God. They aren't truly mighty. They aren't truly powerful. They aren't truly able to save. And so we will always leave, live disappointed and broken with something or someone else as a master other than you. Because of your goodness, God, search our hearts. God, we don't have to find something. You can, you can show it to us. If there's something we need to repent of, we, we invite you to lead us, that your kindness leads us to repentance, God. Lord, and we just, we just pray that we would have such a love for you that no other, no other person or thing can take our affection away from you. Jesus, we love you.
We are so thankful for you. We are thankful that in this season, maybe there's just a renewal in our hearts going on this Christmas season where, Jesus, you become more real to us. Where, Jesus, it just who you are and what you've done, just there's a revelation for us. God, there's an, there's an opening of our eyes. It's like the angels are singing in the sky and we finally see them. We finally notice what's going on. We, we finally see the, the light shining in the darkness. And we've, we've had our eyes closed and we didn't know it. And so we honor you today, Lord, as you work in our hearts to make us free, that we might live as people who seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, God. And we trust you to provide for us in every single way, Lord, with relationships, God, to provide for us with fulfillment, Lord, to provide for us with joy, to provide for us with healing, to provide us with finances. Whatever it may be, we want to trust you, that you be the source of our life, that Jesus, you be the center of our life. Because every other God is an idol. And so, Jesus, we thank you that you are so good that you can make a little course correction for us. You can make a little, you can readjust our heart, our spiritual heartbeat so it's beating in rhythm with the rhythm of your spirit. Holy Spirit, fill us we, now, we pray, with your heart, with your affections, with your love for Jesus and for Father God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need uh, prayer for anything else, please come up and let us pray for you. Ladies, it's at 5 o'clock tonight. And if we could have a few guys here hanging around for a little bit, we might need to move some tables down for the ladies' meeting because uh, they're all spread out all over the place. So just two or three guys can help down the hall, and maybe Narda can direct them to where to move the tables. So thank you.